Nandi Nando, my allows to you. Please be sit down. No, 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 not, not there. He's still uh, a little damp. What's going on, Flavio? Have you found a way to get me out of the terrible McLaren yet? Maybe, baby, all is super cool and sexy time, my friend. I got you special job driving in Indy 500. Mm, bricky line, roundy, roundy, stars and stripes, bikini. Mm. The Indy 500? Wow, that's a great. It's my dream to drive in the Indy 500. What engine will I have? Is Honda. Oh. And then you must return to the Formula One. Drive it, drive it. Disappoint, he break it down a lap 24. Mm. Oh, no! There, there, Nandi, don't be a cry. Here, make dry the eyes with this. No, 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 wait, that's not handkerchief. Mm, lazy. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm the one called Gareth. He's the one called Richard. Hello. And the one called Zog... Hello. ...has just come back from Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm just about getting back on UK time. You were out there, what, shooting guns and gambling? Mostly gambling. Well, no, playing poker, not gambling. There is a difference. There's a difference. There is a difference. So you didn't do any roulette or... I had one spin of a roulette wheel, just for the hell of it, but no, just played poker for five hours a day. Five hours a day. Did a bit of light shooting and drinking. Checked out the Grand Canyon. Oh. You realise if the Grand Canyon was in Yorkshire... It would still be called the Grand Canyon. Yeah. When were you last in Las Vegas? I don't Vegas? think they'd be that enthusiastic about it. Yeah, it's an all right as a canyon. <laughs> I'll eat canyon. When were you last but, there, Richard? I've only been once, and I went probably about seven or eight years ago now. It was a bit weird because... Because Las Vegas because is a bit Las weird. Because Las Vegas is a bit weird. And my wife wasn't very well. She had the flu, and she was just feeling rancid, and we sat down in a restaurant in our hotel, and then she went, I'm really sorry, I feel terrible, I'm going to have to go to the room. Just as the bottle of wine arrived, and I went... Right, shall I come? And she went, no, 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 God, you order food, just, just cancel my food, you stay here. So I drank a whole bottle of wine on my own really quickly and guzzled down some food and then went outside and watched those big fountains outside the hotel. The yeah, 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 and went, yeah. wee, these are nice fountains, aren't they? And the next morning we woke up and she went, I'm still feeling a bit ropey. I went, fine, I'll go and get you some medicine. There's a pharmacy just down the road, I'll go to it. Walked into the pharmacy, the first voice I heard was some woman going, Oh, Tilly, what, I think I'm still drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you go in the world, there's always brummies. Always a it's a disorienting it's, it's a town in every place, possible way. I think, you know, though, just, on a car tip, I think that Vegas was where I don't think I've ever seen more cars on, like, mad, huge donk wheels mm-hmm. or spinners. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of sort of it's not a subtle town. cars. No. Or limos. Lots of stretch limos. limos. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot yeah. of sense because it's just one straight road right the way through the strip, isn't it? Well, there is a lot more to that. Totally recommend... Go up to the top of the stratosphere, go to the bar on the 107th floor. And by the way, two for one cocktails on a 107th floor bar looking over Las Vegas is one of the more disorienting experiences you will probably have. It's a lot more than just one strip with a lot of stuff either side. It's been one of the fastest growing cities in the States for a couple of decades. Uh And there's a lot more to it than just that strip. But the new strip, you know, where they've got all the particularly, obviously crazy 
you know, the half-scale model of the Eiffel Tower erupting through one adult theme park whilst the dancing fountains are just on the other side of the road. And then you've got this absurd Roman palace just a few hundred yards away. It's a very sort of Trumpian view of sophistication, isn't it? The more fake columns and and replicas of genuine pieces from European cities. It's a lunatic's vision of what the world should be like. Yes, and speaking of lunatic's vision, I mean, actually, and the Trump Tower, there is a Trump Tower there, which is sort of sitting rather sort of forlornly on its own, rather apart from the rest of the fun stuff. Whilst I missed out on seeing the uh, what is apparently rather a nice classic car collection, the Link Hotel, while I was there, I did have some quite interesting experiences with Uber, because I ended up not hiring a car at all when I was there, mainly because I spent most of my time slightly drunk and <laughs> didn't seem like a very good idea. It's mostly too big to walk around, so you know, you end up, you've got to get around on some form of wheel transport. Not actually, a Vauxhall Viva, then? In Las Vegas? The public transport, actually, no, the b- bus is pretty good, but the, uh, the Uber experiences, what happens every time you get an Uber in London? What car do you get every time you get an Uber? A Prius. Price. You get it right, OK, there you go. Potato, potato. Yeah. I guess, so, you know, all the rides I had all week, I think, you know, I had a Prius once... Other times it was, you know, Mercedes M-Class, Mercedes C-Class, Hyundai Sonata, a couple of Toyota Corollas, a Dodge Ram. Really? Yeah, with a 4.7-litre V8 engine. driven by the lovely lady trucker Juliet who'd formerly been a big rig driver no. so she downsized to a Dodge Ram I mean how's that for an Uber ride that's well it's much more it's, interesting than another price turning up do you know I, what happened to me the other day in London because you know the app tells you what's coming in fact two things have happened to me in the past sort of two weeks one Honda Insight not the really cool little coupe one I mean hmm. the, the more recent the, one yeah, but, yeah. but just as a sort of break from the prices I went Oh, cool, that'd be interesting. But it's not as good as a Prius. And it started with it, it turns up, and the shape is broadly similar to a Prius because that's a very aerodynamically efficient shape. That's why those hybrids tend to be that shape. But getting into it, so the door opens, it all feels very Priusy. The the door frame is a little bit lower, and I bang my head getting in. You are kind of a soldier. I am a a bit lanky. There's a reason for getting a Prius, Prius. If they're going to drive into the middle of London, they have to have a hybrid or a car that oh, yeah. is below the CO2 limit, whatever it is, the rule these days, because none of us drive into central London anymore, do we? But in Las Vegas, there's no such prerequisites. No such there? crazy rules, no such crazy restrictions on your personal freedom to drive whatever the hell you want. And lovely time chatting to all my Uber drivers. They didn't uh, overshare in that American no, way, did they? No, really, a lovely chat with Terry on the way back from the Museum of Atomic Testing. Um, <laughs> the Museum of Atomic Testing. One of two very good museums in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. One, the Museum of Atomic Testing, yeah. for all your atomic testing needs. Um, <laughs> also, and it has, you know, you, you like this, Gareth. They had one of the Nerva Project oh, yeah. atomic yeah. test rockets. No, the, the Nerva Project was an attempt to build an engine that was nuclear yeah, and designed to provide enough power to lift a post-Saturn V rocket, which was a phenomenally big thing. They had that there. Yeah, How yeah, interesting. They had, they had, yeah, yeah. How I'll, I'll show you pictures later. But also, the Mob Museum, the Museum of Organised Crime and Law Enforcement. Really? In Las Vegas, yeah, yeah. who'd have thought uh, which, that there would be a need for that? They had uh, Al, Capone, <laughs> Al Capone's revolver. They had reconstructed brick by brick the very original wall against which the St. Valentine's Massacre took place. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we may have gone off the topic of cars here. Yeah, haven't we? Yeah. Back onto the Uber. One of my drivers was a fascinating musician, playwright, actor, director 
who lived in London years mm. ago. He was only doing the Uber thing, he explained, because his therapist had recommended that he do it to kind of, you know, decompress a bit and get out of his projects. <laughs> this is a very California story. When, he, yeah, when yeah. he'd lived in England, he'd received driving lessons, racing lessons from Graham Hill. He what? used He used to wow. know Graham Hill. So how was that for a Vegas trip? I, wow. I, 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 and what was I, he I, driving? I, that he was driving a Hyundai Sonata. Ah, he's yeah. a Sonata man. Which is quite a nice ride. Actually. Shouldn't they yeah. do well in the yeah. States, don't they? They do better in Canada, I believe, don't they? Also, Hugo used to do really well in Canada, didn't they? There's something about the Canadian market. They like an economy car, don't they? I'm pleased that Las yeah. Vegas is Hyundai territory now. Well, yeah, well, so yeah, when you're in Vegas, get an Uber, get an Uber share, talk to your driver, and play poker at the Golden Nugget and the six o'clock tournament at Caesar's Palace is well worth checking out. And the seats at Caesar's Palace are much more comfortable than the Golden Nugget. I can't That's, do those that because I don't know how to play poker. I mean, I do know how to I hey, play poker. Come I'm on, just I'll get a unbelievably bad at it. The last time I was in Las Vegas, I did some driving. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, Early 90s Chrysler convertible. What would it have been? LeBaron. Uh, yes, LeBaron. Yeah. It was a LeBaron, which I drove to the Grand Canyon and then to Los Angeles and did, you know, a nice big, old road trip. Yeah, yeah. That's it was fun. my honeymoon. Back in the days before Violet and I were together, I was married to someone. And get this, I can trump your bizarre experiences in Las Vegas. On my honeymoon in Las Vegas, I got a kiss from Björk of the Sugar Cubes, and Bono gave me a giant bottle of champagne and blessed my marriage. It didn't well, work that well because ultimately the marriage <laughs> fell apart. But, uh, but what a trip. I mean, it was quite a trip, wow. quite a trip. What a trip, man. That's extraordinary. It actually happened. I think your Uber experience is a slightly chime with the last time that I was in Los Angeles seeing my wife's family. And the first Uber I got was a Prius. I thought, hmm, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. back into the old routine, yeah. But, really and nice. I, I yeah. believe that Uber specifically tell their drivers you don't chat with the passenger unless the passenger starts the conversation. It's one of the things I actually quite like about it because quite often I'm a grumpy I'm just not feeling chatty. And I had this from our local cab firm when I was going to the airport a lot last year doing the Grand Tour. I once got picked up by a chatty driver from a cab firm and he loved to chat and he wouldn't shut up and after a while it was a bit wearing and then the next time I called a cab from my local cab firm it was real crack of fire it was like sort of 5.30 in the morning car pulled up outside at Prius got in oh god it's chatty cabby again and he's taking me all the way up to Luton Airport which isn't oh, that I mean from ours actually that's not as far as Heathrow but he was driving at 50 on an empty motorway. It's almost like he was prolonging the chat. Oh. There's a point at which... You were giving good conversation, that's the point. What? I, I was trying not to. I mean, it's 5.30 in the morning. I don't, Nobody good, wants good to Good conversation talk. isn't... Uh, that time uh-huh, of day. Uh-huh, yeah. Really, parking, yeah. Uh-huh, Take the clue. Yeah. I'm not answering. Read the response rate. What's the name of the man who owns Uber? Dave Uber? What's his name? Dave uh, McUber? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Did you see that, that clip of how he got picked up by one of his own oh, drivers? Oh, yeah, and then he started shouting at him and stuff. And they fell out over the deal because Uber drivers don't get a good deal from Uber. And they fell out, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've only ever been in an Uber once. There are those who say it's ethically bad. How do you feel about that? I had this conversation with a couple of drivers. I specifically asked them about it. And the couple that I asked about their feelings about working for Uber and whether they thought they were being ripped off or getting a fair deal, they said they were quite happy. 
I don't know yeah. whether they I, thought I, I was I've an undercover kind of uh, <laughs> undercover spy for Uber or whether I they were being honest. For one of them, it wasn't a primary source of income. You know, they said it just helped them cover their costs of running the vehicle. They had other work going on and they were perfectly happy with it. So, yeah, I don't know, but I can only report what they said. I'm not sure I believe that. Covers the cost of running the vehicle. Well, if you didn't drive around all day carrying people, you wouldn't have those costs. Stay at home. You have a better life work balance, Uber driver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, running this bakery just about covers all of my dough costs. Yeah. I had the same conversation I have had when I've not been being grumpy or looking out the window. One of the reasons I sort of sometimes quite like silence in the cab is, you know, a lot of people just sit there look at their phone but I really like looking out the window of taxis because when you're driving you don't get to see you get to see stuff that yeah. you haven't noticed and I really like that I like this sort of moment of tranquility of just looking out the window and just taking in the surroundings and watching the city go by but mm. I have asked Uber drivers in the UK if they like doing it and they've always gone yeah yeah, it's all right, you know. I've never had one who complained. But this goes back to calling a couple of Ubers in Los Angeles. First one turned up, Prius. Guy started chatting. It was the middle of the day. Really lovely guy. And he, in fact, is an Uber driver and also has an account with Lyft, which is Uber's rival mm, in the US. Mm-hmm. Are they allowed to do that? Yeah, well, Are Uber they? try and stop you doing it. Are but they, they can't, because everyone is a freelancer, they can't stop you they can only yeah, attempt yeah. to win you over and make you exclusively uber right but, but this had, guy said he just likes to mix to, it up yeah. and i said you happy you don't mind working long hours and he went no because i work the hours i want to work mm-hmm. and sometimes i've done a couple of drives and i don't feel like doing another one and i'll just park up and i'll switch off the device you know the phone that they get given and i'll have a hip or i'll go and have a coffee and yeah he was sort of making it sound like it's almost idyllic mm. but then Uber's being more interesting in America, going back to your original point. I was then picked up late at night from where I'd been out of a mate's house at the beach in a Chrysler 300C, so immediately a bit more interesting than the prior. Nice. By this old dude who was an aircraft engineer, and he'd most recently been in Germany working with Lufthansa, because he's a Boeing-certified technician at their maintenance place in Frankfurt, I think. He'd do sort of a stint of six months just mending planes. And he'd mm. done all sorts. He was telling me all these amazingly interesting things about planes. Which ones to fly and which ones not to fly. Well, yeah. He's done this incredible thing about how Southwestern Airlines in the US ordered new 737s. There was a massive wait for them. They went, we're not going to wait that long. They basically had their existing 737 fleet rebuilt, kind of reskinned and new wings put on. Mm. He said it was a fraction of the cost. And I went, I don't like the sound of that. And he went, it's perfectly safe. They can do it all the time. They, they do, do that, that refit. Yeah, they often, just, but it's yeah, like the most incredible. It means yeah. that they're flying life now is suddenly yeah. almost the same as a brand new plane because all of the safety yep. critical parts the wings undercarriage engines are brand new but yep. the airframe as long as it's got life left in it is actually mm. okay he's telling me all this stuff and then when he's got a bit of downtime he just does a bit of ubering he said it's mostly just something to do social yeah, yeah. And gets, keeps a bit of money coming in. He doesn't yeah. have to make a lot. And of course, you know, petrol yeah. being the price it is in the US relative to here, yeah. he can run a V8 engine Hemi'd mm. 300C and. All good. I, my mate H is a black cab driver, and I'm almost tempted to phone him up now and say, H, what's your official line on Uber? He really, as a black cab driver, think Uber are the scum of the earth. Yeah. And yeah, in, they're not... Yeah, a lot of competition there. Yeah, well, not well, as well vetted as black cab drivers. You have to no, jump through hoops. Don't that they? is true, and I do agree with a point. And actually, I was just saying because Uber, not only that boss guy shouting at one of his own drivers and mm-hmm. all this stuff mm-hmm. about their sort of internal problems and politics, and mm-hmm. institutional sexism, and all sorts of things. It sounds like a fairly ugly corporation internally. They've got a lot of problems they're trying to work out, and it would be nice if Lyft 
started up here to give some alternative to Uber because also, you know, without wishing mm. to sound like Norman Tebbit or something, competition is good in the marketplace, isn't it? And, well, and this is why I don't think cab drivers who, and it's not a cliche because I've had it happen to me more than once, cab drivers, well, of course, Mrs. Thatcher wouldn't establish this, would she? <laughs> and you always go, start mm, yeah. cab drivers, bingo card. And you go, if you like Mrs. Thatcher so much, and Mrs. Thatcher likes competition, you, you can't complain about Uber, my friend. Yeah, yeah. she was very keen on market forces. Also, the last two black cabs that I've had were both driven by obnoxious racist <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned they can all be driven into the sea they deserve it horrible yeah, people you made the mistake there instead of dialing Uber you dialed UKIP didn't you yes. by mistake and they <laughs> no provided... black cab drivers though. that's the thing they, they are UKIP is the, is the rival to Uber and it's all black cabs do you know what it doesn't take much to set up a rival to Uber surely all you need is a website and an app and a bunch of people willing to drive around in cars I'm going to set one up call it Top Cars and, or something and, like and, that and not have that space already occupied by a couple of really mm. successful companies there is that sort of resistance to uber slightly although they've distanced well, themselves from trump now haven't they there was some issue oh, where they know. were linked to trump in some way and there was a massive mm. boycott particularly in california of uber mm. um, that's the thing but they do have I an alternative because they have yeah. there's still sort of space in the market isn't it because that's the thing people well, do react against a company when mm. it does something that they don't like. Yeah, two things on Uber generally. It strikes me that, first of all, I'm sure that there's a lot of fiddling small detail stuff that they had to get absolutely right in order for Uber to work. Mm. And when you're somebody that wants to get from A to B quickly and not pay too much for it, recently my experience has been that in both London and in Las Vegas, Uber is brilliant. But I know at least two women who will not use Uber at all because they don't trust the driver vetting and they mm -hmm. prefer to take a black cab... They have more trust in low level racism. They're more prepared to talk a low level racism than uh, possibly uh, sexual assault. Kind of assault. Yeah. 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 Just very quickly, so, that's the thing. The two things Uber, dubious, maybe. I don't know. Do they pay their taxes? I'm not sure. I'm sure they pay some tax somewhere. I, but they I, certainly I, don't I pay don't their know. taxes. I don't know. <laughs> but this is the thing you'll put up with, you'll go, well, no, I'm going to take a principal stand against these people. Except, oh, they are convenient, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they're convenient. Trouble. Just very quickly, one final point. I know I was sort of railing against certain black cab drivers because I had the last two experiences I had were not brilliant and I just thought you know what you've got this coming gentlemen with Uber but I am quite excited about that new black cab that's coming the TX5 oh yeah yeah the, the yeah. hybrid electric one it's a range I, extender range extender yeah. and it, I think it looks quite nice and it's also it's interesting new technology yeah. also not really widely reported but in all intents and purposes it seems to be a Volvo XC90 underneath yeah, I was about to say that which it's, is it's, extraordinary so maybe for the first time ever a black cab will ride properly yeah. Although thinking back, the Lexi 90 that I drove didn't ride very well at all. So, damn! <laughs> but as a Londoner, I welcome Geely doing something to improve the air in town. If we get rid of those black mm. belching cabs and replace them with something a bit more eco-friendly, that would work for me. Although my mate H, who's a cab driver, says, oh, I can't afford a new cab after leases. I'm like 10 years old. They're not allowed to drive cars older than 10 mm. years old. They're all leased though, pretty much, aren't they? I think that's yeah, uh, no, there are plenty of owner-operators um, still. But they're, yeah. uh, I think even guys. the sort of existing TX4 is, are they what, sort of like 40, 50 grand? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and 45 I, grand, I think. I mean, I have, yeah. I, I was sort of railing against cab drivers, but I, over the years I've had to 
really nice black cab drivers yeah. and I always like talking to them about their cabs because I know that the TX4s you know, had yeah. loads of problems with them and they didn't particularly like them and a lot of them were mm. switching to those Merc Vitos which actually it turns out had problems as well mm. but the TX4s you know, doors dropping and all sorts mm. of problems and axles going and things it's a punishing regime to put a vehicle it is that's the thing it really is bring back the metro cab I say that was my favourite hello are you my cab is that a yes you don't look like a cab I'm not sure this is our cab well which app did you book it through you know the usual one what usual one everyone uses. Look, Uber. You idiot, that's Tuba. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me, mate, got another 47 kilos of clarified butter for you. What? Oh, Jesus, you've been on Gibay again. Step petrol! We got on speed! I love a concept car. You love a concept car, Richard. We all love a concept car. But there was a concept car which emerged recently at Geneva. I'm going to refer to my auto car magazine here. Other magazines are available. Also, on the subject of auto car, sorry, before I get to this, Zach Brown, who now runs McLaren, Mm -hmm. also runs auto car, auto sport, motorsport.com and motorsport magazine is that right yeah i was astonished to see on the cover of autosport the other week mclaren crisis if ever there's a conflict well, of interest or honest journalism fair a good, play a, a good publisher doesn't interfere with their editorial staff mm. fair play. they know that editorial independence is vital to a healthy magazine yeah. oh, i meant to that so returning to my original topic which is this concept car that the bentley exp12 speed 6E. Catchy name, eh? Mm. Mm, rolls off the tongue. I love Bentleys. I loved the previous Continental. I thought it was one of the most lovely, handsome cars. I think the Touring Super Leggera shooting brake version is the most lovely car in the last 30 years. Mm. I think this is a beautiful-looking car, but I'm not convinced it will actually work or sell. Well, it's a... But it's, yeah, mm. they're, they're, they're it's pointing a, the way to the future. Yeah, they're, it's a, they're, it's they're a they're toe just, in the water, yeah. just to go... But my point is, if Bentley are going to provide an electrically powered automobile, it's going to have to have at least 300 miles range at Bentley velocities. Well, Mm. yes, but don't assume that Bentley velocities are any faster than any other car. Because I think every Conti got to drive GTI on I see, roads. Yeah, every Conti GTI I see. There's certain cars you get that burn past you on the motorway, where you sort of think, I reckon. You ever try and do that? You sort of you're going on the motorway, you see something coming up fast. You when you can, you move out of the way, let them through. You know, I don't yeah. want to impede someone's progress. But as they go by, you think, well, now I'm doing whatever speed I'm doing, mm-hmm. which may be 68 miles per yes, hour. Yes, yes, because anything more than 70 would be illegal. Oh, of course. But you sort of then you try to estimate how quickly they're going, mm-hmm. and you're sort of thinking, oh, he's doing like 110, I reckon. There's <laughs> someone really black spot. But invariably, that will be an Audi A4 TDI, or a or Passat, a yes. or a BMW 3 or Series. Or a transit van. Or, yeah. yeah, it will not be... A supercar, all supercars you ever see on the motorway, I think almost without exception, in Britain at least, 
are in the inside or middle lane doing 68 miles an hour, yeah. driven by some silver fox yeah. who's <laughs> treated himself and his hip pops out every time he gets in and out of it. The Conti GT is great for the older person because it's not so low down. I can't remember the last time I saw a Bentley being driven in a spirited fashion. But mm. what about our point. European neighbours, our German neighbours, where there are stretches where you can bat along at ridiculous speeds? If you do that in... That Bentley, you can have a 20 mile range before you've got to reach it. You just won't buy it. I think that's the thing. You've got plenty of choice of other cars you could buy if you mm. are that sort of. Uh, and let's not forget, not all the autobahns are de restricted. Yes, as well. indeed. So, yeah. And even the ones that are de restricted, I speak from experience of you go, oh, brilliant, de restricted autobahn. There's uh, loads of cars in the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not yeah, actually yeah. going that fast. F- five minutes later, you have to slow down the yeah, centre of the it's speed. Just... Plus, you know, you've had your kicks. Yeah. You've had that little thrill of going super fast hmm. somewhere like it feels like you shouldn't be. Well, it's also the well, other, in, other sort of per- imagined yeah. thing about the de restricted autobahns of Germany is that everybody is driving as fast as their car will possibly go. And you've got sort of post- Polos straining at the seams <laughs> doing 98 miles an hour and then just being Bits whacked into submission by all these M5s clattering into their 155 mile hour limiter. It's not the case. Yeah. I'm sure it is an issue for a segment of the Bentley buying population, but not a massive one. I think Bentleys are they're sort of fat boy cars, aren't they? They're, just, yeah, they're, yeah. they're cruisers, they're relaxed, yeah, even yeah. though Bentley will try and claim otherwise. And if Tesla can do perfectly well, and I think Bentley can as well, the thing about a lot of those sort of big engine cruising cars is that the buyers are looking for not economy from the engine per se, but what they want is range. They do want range, and as mm-hmm. much as they hate filling up. Mm-hmm. I was driving the new Porsche Panamera diesel the other day, mm-hmm. and I was telling a mate about it that evening, and he went, diesel? Why would anyone who can afford a Porsche Panamera want diesel? Ugh. And I went, well, because... It's not about the economy of the engine as such. It's, it's just that... It's a grand tour. It's just a waste of time. If you're the kind of person who's a sort of snappy-fingered go-getter kind of bloke, then you're going to think that filling up with fuel is just eating into your day. Although you do get to hang around on a garage forecourt looking rather cool while you're filling up your Bentley or your Panamera. The tech in that Bentley, is it going to be the same as the Mission E Porsche and the Audi e-tron A6, whatever they're going to call it when they well, make it? no. Well, it might be. The thing is, it is a concept. Hmm. I know someone who's seen the new Continental GT that's coming quite soon, and a lot of the styling is very similar. He says the new Continental GT is stunning. This is someone who doesn't work for Bentley. And the new Continental GT is, in fact, on the Panamera box of parts. Mm-hmm. It's that chassis. The Mission E is a new and bespoke electric car hmm. platform. Now, that's an expensive thing to do. Porsche will definitely get more than one model of it. There'll be the Mission E, which I think will be a, a saloon. Then there'll be some kind of SUV, almost mm-hmm. certainly, because SUVs are popular. But you wouldn't bet against them then using that box of parts across the sort of top tier of the Volkswagen group. Yeah. I don't think Lamborghini would want it, because electric Lamborghini seems like it might be pushing it at this stage. Mm-hmm. But it'll but happen, just because it'll you know, happen they'll one get day, more yeah. performance out of it. You know, they're both yeah, exactly, yeah. but a pure electric Lamborghini is probably yeah. a step too far at the moment. Yeah. A pure electric Bentley, if the range was right, that you could drive it in a spirited way, because they'd want to be able to claim that you could, even though most people won't. But I don't know. I think there's a reason why electric power could be very right for Bentley, which is that the great thing about every Bentley I've ever driven is massive reserves of torque, mm. which mm. makes them feel mighty and effortless. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's what electricity does par excellence in all yeah, cars. Instant and, it, and it does it you know, quietly. It doesn't do it in a huge, loud way. Mm. You know? And you know, Bentleys aren't big, loud cars. They're restrained. Yeah, they may sound good, but they don't mm. sound super loud. They, it's a nice no, no, it's a velvet sort of yeah. it's like music in the next room sort of sound isn't it? it's, yeah. like, it's like Iron Fist in the Velvet Glove it's like being in the loser at a nightclub 
You can still hit them, <laughs> but it's not in your ears. Yeah, Rolls Royce, rather than head in the bass bin. Kind of yeah. Rolls Royce have a view on electric cars. When I went down for the tour of Goodwood, they said to me while we were there that they had produced that. Was it called Concept One Hundred? Whatever it's called, that lovely electric futuristic thing. Yeah. They said, that really is just a vision. It's not something that we can do immediately or even in the near future because electric power for the kind of range and performance that we would like to provide our customers simply isn't possible at the moment Mm. and hydrogen maybe hydrogen rolls royce there's an electric car with a decent range Mm. and refinement you know i'm a big fan of the refinement that comes with electric car you know i'm a big fan of using hydrogen to transport your energy around it as opposed to big heavy batteries Maybe Bentley ought to rethink and stick a... That's going to depend a lot on how the infrastructure yeah. goes. You know, if your electric infrastructure is taking off and the hydrogen infrastructure doesn't, mm-hmm. then yeah. you know hydrogen isn't even an option for... for well, it, it's weird, really, because BMW, remember, were very big on hydrogen sort of before yes, that's right. anyone else. Remember, they had yeah. seven, seven series in the 80s ago. and 90s. They had a project right. going with Mercedes where they developed hydrogen technology together. BMW and Mercedes worked together, which is why I cited Mercedes in our Gary Newman mm. style song about electric cars because they were the real pioneers of it. Yeah, But, but it's funny it. how BMW sort of seems to have gone quiet on it. Mm. They're sort of pushing towards electric with what they're doing. So Certainly in the near future. I assume that's just to do with where they see the roadmap for yeah. infrastructure going. That's mm. just Well, this is what I was going to say. I think if you were, say, Rolls-Royce, and it's like, which would happen first? The battery technology arriving at a point where you can judge to, to give your car sufficient range mm-hmm. and proportionally as well how long they would take to charge so that you're not inconveniencing your customers. Mm-hmm versus the hydrogen infrastructure growing. Mm-hmm. I think I would bet on the batteries. Particularly if you're doing it in the context of a big, heavy car that yeah. can take mm-hmm. the batteries mm-hmm. more easily than, let's say, a lighter weight sports car. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can accept a bit of a weight penalty in a Rolls-Royce where you couldn't in a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Yes. Re-hydrogen infrastructure. As you know, I've been working making a programme for BBC Radio Wales about two Welsh car manufacturers. But as part of that, it emerged that some fairly fundamental changes to the hydrogen infrastructure are going into Wales quite soon, which is quite surprising because, you know, we haven't the density of population in Wales to make that sort of thing viable. But what you do need in Wales from an electric car is something with a bit of range because you can have a long gap before you can recharge Mm. your car. And hydrogen does offer you better range than most electric cars, double the range of most battery electric cars at the moment. So you're right, there's a tipping point. The money is definitely going into recharging points for battery electric cars at the moment. But it's starting to happen for the infrastructure for hydrogen cars too. And as more hydrogen cars become available and the price comes down that's going to change but we're nowhere near that yet are we no obviously toyota and honda yep. explicitly have hydrogen development programs and, and have actual cars out there hyundai too yeah and then i'm not quite sure who else is really explicitly or at least admitting to putting any real effort into it because it seems like they're all heading down the petrol hybrids or the Battery pure electric, electric yeah. route i don't know well pure electric is easy to kind of develop alongside an improved national grid, smart grid. It's easier to develop the infrastructure, the backbone, the things that are supporting the cars on the road than it is hydrogen. The great advantage of the battery electric car, of course, at the moment, is as we shift towards renewables, where you're getting our energy from wind and solar, your battery car at home becomes your way of storing electricity that the grid 
cannot store. Mm. So this is what Tesla's been talking about, the power wall whereby your car and your home's electricity supply become completely integrated. Mm. You use it when you're out driving, but when it's at home, it's a way of storing power from the mm. grid. Makes perfect sense. This just reminded me of something else, though. Another possible power source or hybrid power source, which has all gone away a little bit. Do you remember Peugeot Citroen had that compressed air yes, system? Yes, 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 yes. And I think oh, yeah. I read somewhere, officially, they've just dropped it. Because I remember at yeah. the time reading about it when they announced it and thinking... That makes well, sense. That, that does make sense. Or yeah. does it? I don't understand it enough because it seems so simple and yet I'm sure there's a catch here. Why is nobody else doing it? I don't know, but I would guess that it has something to do with being a little bit scared of the inherent danger and having a tank compressed with air to the kind of pressure that you'd need to run your car for any useful length of time. I guess, you know, to put it simply, any way that you can think of to store energy, in the end, you can run a vehicle from. You know, whether it's storing electrical energy in a battery, whether it's storing chemical energy in a fossil fuel by millions of years of process of whatever it is that those plants do when they get stuck under the ground and squash and all that kind of stuff, or whether it's compressing air in a tank. You know, you store up the energy, you can get it out again and you can run a vehicle. Mm. But maybe having that much energy in a tank of compressed air is risky. I know that if you have a scuba tank, which is basically what you're talking about here... Mm. You can kill Jaws. Well, you can, because the the approximate energy that you have in a scuba tank, if it gets stuck in a fire and if the metal fails, as it will, and the tank then explodes, Mm. it'll go off with about the explosive force of a typical hand grenade. Right. You know, so... Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you've got quite a lot of energy in that that scuba tank. What Peugeot Citroen were proposing, if I remember was not a pure system of powering your car, but an energy assist. So the recovered energy under braking would be forced into this compressed air cylinder. Then when you need it, it would give you a bit of a boost Mm. as you put the throttle down. Now, over the years... For watches, we found that clockwork is much better than compressed air. So why did they ever choose... (laughs) That's how I lost my hand. (laughs) Why don't we have clockwork energy recovery cars? Imagine a runny great spring that would tension up under braking. And then we need a bit of thrust, just let it go. You've seen those clockwork toy cars. Would you want to scale one of those up to... It's a terrifying idea, isn't it? I don't know. Geared properly, it'd be all right. Think what happens when that mainspring lets go. If you have basically a clockwork but, but, toy but, car, no, even better than that, those ones you pull back. So every morning before you set off for work, mm-hmm. you have to start the petrol engine, reverse up your street, <laughs> switch <laughs> off the petrol engine, and bam, off you go. My dad nearly bought a watch from a bloke once. He said, "Look, it's guaranteed for life. This watch." I said, "What is it? Electrics?" No, it's clockwork. So what do you mean? It's guaranteed for life as well. When the mainspring breaks, it slits your wrist. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll leave it there, won't we? You've been listening to Richard Porter. Goodbye. <laughs> to Zog. Goodbye. I was Gareth. Sorry about the bad jokes. We're going to leave you with a tune. This is the On Speed Band, recorded live at 10 years on speed. Our song in the style of Gary Newman. It's called My Car's Electric. See ya. I toyed with my Toyota. Not my I like electronics, calculators, and fuel's expensive if you pay for the while. The fuel sounds for fool's hell, I'm not sure if it'll even work. I know when water makes all spike, even if my car's a murk. Hydrogen sounds like an option, or maybe you stay in motion.
Opportunities, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>